The following podcast is brought to you by Lady Norland's Cajun Cafe, RVA's favorite Cajun hideaway, in the fan at the corner of Maine and Stafford. Find out more at ladynorlands.com. Welcome to Rams Rewind, a podcast that looks back at all of the action from VCU men's basketball. After each game, our host George Templeton talks live on Facebook with Ram fans and gives his take on the team's performance. And now, here's George. That's more like it from VCU tonight. And first, oh, but don't let me forget, VCU Rams Rewind sponsored by Lady Nollins in Richmond. Get on down there. And uh, and patronize them during the holiday season if you need a break from turkey and ham and your normal Christmas Christmas fare. Get down down to Lady Nolans and have some Cajun food, spice things up. And oh, by the way, the VCU women just tied the game. They were down about seven or eight with two minutes left. They just tied it with two seconds left, so they might be going overtime against Buffalo. Go on, ladies. Nice job. That's more like it from VCU tonight. I think this is the first time this year they've covered at home and they've covered as a favorite and it's funny because you know they had such a great start in this game which you're not used to seeing VCU was actually on fire to start the game huge lead I mean under eight you know up 22 to five I think at the under eight uh VCU made 10 of their first 15 shots and then offensively they just went in a dark place the rest of the game you know they recovered a little bit at the end and ended up out shooting Jacksonville State even though Jacksonville State got red hot in the middle of the game. We'll talk about that in a minute. But what a start VCU did. But one thing about it, and I've seen this before with the Rams, is that sometimes they're going to start well, and then that means everybody's going to kind of fall in love with their own shot instead of working the ball to each other and, and, and you know, working the offense and working the clock. And, and they gave, and, and this is, a, this is the, one of the big concerns I have coming out of this game is that they, they gave away, and the same thing happened against Campbell too, they gave away a lot of e- possessions on offense with just no pass or one pass and the ball goes straight up. I mean, it was very, very frustrating to see that. Uh, and they can't do it in these, and they cannot do it in these games because one of the elements of them being so good defensively, and I'm, and I'm going to be happy to report on this, one of the features of our group, the VCU Good, the Bad, and the Ugly, is something I call VCU by the numbers, which I'm going to put the first one out next week. Because I usually like to wait till about 10 games to get a sample size, and we take a look at their net, their Ken Pomeroy numbers. If they're anywhere near the bracket, where they're slotted in the bracket, they may not be near the bracket at this point, so may not have to feature that. And we just sort of look at the seasonal, seasonal numbers and see what they say. And, and one of the elements I believe – in their good defensive performance is that whatever you think of their offense, and yes, it has struggled at times, they're at least making teams work to stop them. They're not just jacking shots up quick and giving them easy defensive sets and allowing them to have more energy on offense. No, they've been working the clock. They've been working their offense, and it hasn't always worked, obviously, when you've struggled to score like they have. That's what happens. But by working the clock and making a team defend for 25 to 30 seconds, you tire them out on the other end. And and that is an element, to me, that's an element, part of why they've been so good defensively 
they've kind of got away from it the last two games, and you've seen teams shoot the ball better than what VCU had been given up uh, defensively and field goal percentage defense. And did VCU, oh, the VCU women just lost at the darn buzzer. Dead gum. Georgia Woolley hits a jumper. I guess they had more than two. Oh, that's right. I forgot. In women's basketball, you get the ball side out at the half court so you can get a pass in. And I guess they figured it out. Buffalo beats VCU women at the buzzer 62-60. Darn it. Anyway, you know, I you know teams have shot the ball better the last couple games. Over Both games were over 40%. And I think that's part of the reason why is that VCU has been giving away possessions on offense with just – one pass or no pass, and here goes the shot. It usually doesn't go in. Sometimes it does, but usually it's not going in. So that's something they got to look at. But the overall, there's a lot of positives from tonight. And and let's start with the biggest, and I'll start with the biggest one, which is Jaden Nunn, who was insanely efficient tonight. Jaden Nunn, 7 of 8 from the field, 2 of 3 from 3, hits all four, four free throws, 20 points. You only take 8 shots and you get 20 points. That is incredible. And, you know, he's done a lot of sterling work at, at the guard spot, even if he's not the most natural of natural point guards the way, say, Ace is. But my goodness, what he put in there tonight. And that's the thing. None and Baldwin Jr. both. Both of them with insane – Ace Baldwin only takes five shots and gets 13 points tonight. What a return from a, from a catastrophic injury. I mean – for any basketball player or football player, an Achilles injury is real trouble. Um, for 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 someone like Ace Baldwin, whose speed was a certain certainly a feature of his game, it could be absolutely disastrous. And instead, tonight he was he was superb. He really was outstanding. Uh, the the way he was the the way he played. There were a couple of quick trigger threes I didn't like, and not coincidentally, those were the only shots he missed. But I I really thought his game was just was just peerless tonight, uh, uh, in so many respects, you know. And 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 I mean, and that's the thing. It's like you you think about you think about how much of a battle of the guards as this was, you know, Gibbs, Adams for Jacksonville State. Those are your two top two scores up against Nunn, Curry, Baldwin Jr., and even Vince Williams, even though you may not look at them as a, good, as a guard or Sahonis. Well, VCU, there were two. There, there were the battle of the guards. That was one thing. And then there was the battle of Jacksonville State, one of the best three-point shooting teams in the country. They're coming in, fifth best shoot three-point shooting team in the country. They've hit 42% of their three-pointers only behind North Carolina, Colorado State, Purdue, and South Dakota State. And that was up against VCU, who's the seventh-best team in field goal three-point percentage defense, 24%. So who was going to win that battle tonight? Well, the VCU guards won that battle tonight convincingly. And what's interesting about Jacksonville State is they take a lot of threes per game and still shoot that well. They only took 18 tonight, and they only took eight in the second half because – they weren't going in. They knew they weren't going in. And to their credit, they're like, "We're not going to for- we're not we're going to quit forcing this because we're just not getting anywhere with it." And and I want to congratulate Nunn, Baldwin, Curry, Sahonis, all the guards and all the people that guarded the gu- guarded their guards tonight. Uh, they did a number. They really did a number on those guys. Uh, Gibbs ends up getting in double figures, but that's only because of that crazy four point play after the missed free throw. 
he was three for 12. So he, he needed 12 shots to get 12 points tonight and nearly fouled out of the game. Adams, who was their leading scorer, he's averaging 15 points. He gets five fouls, fouls out. He's one for three from the field with two points. I mean, Keyshawn Curry was getting some some criticism for his offense on the on, on uh, down down that end, and that's that's fine. I can wear that. But defensively tonight, he was absolutely outstanding, and and he put the he put the he put the stop right on him. Uh, hold on a minute. I'm getting your, I'm getting all y'all's comments up because for whatever reason I can't see them on my phone like normal. Um, I I do not know when Ward's coming back, Jonathan Barty. That is a good question. Uh, that's a really good question. And yeah, Curry and Williams were off today. Well, and and we'll talk about Vince Williams in a minute because even though he had a tough night on offense, um, it was it was. Yeah, I I love what Vince Williams did tonight in a lot of ways. Um. And yeah, Ace uh, John Eckert, you're absolutely right. Ace was a big. I think he gave this. I think he gave the team some juice tonight, and I think he gave the crowd some juice. Some of the plays he made, but they ought to call Keyshawn Curry off night now. Uh, there was, I think, somebody for Baylor had that nickname. They ought to, they ought to deed it to Curry, because if you're a point, I don't care how good a guard you are. If you got Keyshawn Curry on on you, you're going to have a tough night. There, there is no two ways about it. You are going to have a tough night. There we go. There's the comments finally on my phone. Good. Um, and Keyshawn Curry defensively was just all over those guards. But I all were. None was two. Baldwin was two. Uh, Sahonis was two. They, they all went right at it. Now, let's talk about Vince Williams because he did struggle tonight. No two ways about it. He fouled out of the game. He had six turnovers. It was one of eight from the field, 0 for 6. Well, how, and why are you praising Vince Williams? Because Vince Williams only has got two points, and he was forcing it early. And you know what? He pretty much quit doing it in the second half. I'm, let me, I'm going to look at the second half here. He was only 0 for, he was 0 for 3 in the second half. So Vince Williams knew he was not having a good, not, good, good night. So what does he do? He contributes in other ways. There were moments in this game when this offense was completely discombobulated, when nobody was looking for their teammates, and Vince Williams took it upon himself, not the guards. Uh, and that's that's my one big worry is that Ace and none, neither one of them had an assist tonight, and and that that can't be the case going forward. Uh, they need to do. They both need to do better on that. And yeah, six deals for Baldwin is crazy. Uh, absolutely crazy. Uh, that that was that was an unbelievable game for a guy to have coming off a Achilles tendon tear and be coming back in seven months. But Baldwin zero assists, none zero assists. That's that we can't that can't become a habit. But Vince Williams took it upon himself. He had three assists tonight, and there were and he could have had three or four other ones because he made some great passes. And people just didn't knock the shots down for him to get the assists. But he's making plays. He's getting rebounds. He's doing all the little things that he can to help this team win, even when he's not having a great night. And that is the definition of a leader. That is the definition of a winner. That is an example that everybody else on that team will see because it's like, okay, Vince Williams is not filling it up tonight and it's not going his way. Does he hang his head? Does he not? put in the effort on the defensive end? Does he not get on the floor and hustle? No. Even when he's not scoring, he is out there making plays, and that is a great example for everybody else. Jonathan Barty talking about the free throws with Ace Baldwin, 
And let's talk about the free throws in general because the reason VCU pulled away in this game, or one of the reasons is because Jacksonville State down 17, got all the way back to tying this game and made a run at him. What happened? VCU 9 out of 10 from the foul line in the second half and 14 of 17 from the game. Now, you'd like to get the, to the line a little more than what they did, but the point is having a good foul shooting night meant that they could turn that Jacksonville State comeback uh, away and just pull away in this game, and that's exactly what they did. Um, and that's and that's why you got to make them, and that's why you got to work. And maybe Ace Baldwin coming back is going to make that better. But it was, you know, he's six for six. None made all four of his. Curry was four for six, and Stockard missed the one on the three point play. But that's tremendous. Fourteen to seventeen from the foul line. You'll take that percentage, eighty-two percent every game, every game. So that was that was really great as well. And the turnovers, my God. Jacksonville State, 23 turnovers. Ray Harper is going to walk away from this game. Again, he's going to be glad, like every, like I will say for a lot of teams, they're going to be glad that they face VCU because they're just, they're just not going to come up like against many teams that do are like that defensively. But he's got to be walking away going, how can a team that is as veteran as my team is, that is experienced as my team is, can completely lose control of themselves. Because I'll tell you something, as many times as I've complained about unforced turnovers with VCU, Jacksonville State had a bunch of them tonight. And VCU's a great defensive team, no question about it. And there were plenty of times that VCU made the turnover happen. But I had to say, I have to say, I counted probably seven or eight where VCU wasn't particularly pressuring the heck out of him and somebody just makes a bad pass and it goes out of bounds. Shoot, one of them just threw right to the head coach, and man, he was furious. And I don't blame him because, I mean, I can imagine Jacksonville State fans sitting there uh, watching that, you know, on ESPN Plus and, and be having the same kind of frustrations I've had, you know, with, against Connecticut, Baylor, and some of these other games where VCU had those. Um, uh, they, they, the, the, uh, the live box says it was uh, 23. 23 turnovers tonight for for Jacksonville State. And VCU got 31 points off of them. So that's the other thing. VCU wasn't taking advantage of the turnovers early, but they sure did later in the game and did a did a tremendous job and did a tremendous job on that. I mean, plus 24 in that statistic be pretty hard to lose doing that. Pretty hard, pretty difficult to lose doing that. And VCU again, fast break points. There's another stat that they've struggled with. They won that convincingly tonight. Again, 13-2, to two, just like they did against Campbell, and it was the difference there, and it was a huge difference here. So the fact that they lose second-chance points, I mean, shoot, again, four of those came on that one blasted play where they get the – and that's the and, – and, and I guess to have one other little carp, Mike Rhodes did it again tonight, and it gets on my nerves, and we've talked about this before. It's like sometimes – they're, he's going to go to that doggone trap when it's not necessary. Now, I'm going to take a look at this here because, because at the point this happened, VCU had totally locked up uh, flipping, flipping uh, Jacksonville State. Jacksonville State, by the way, they made three of their first four shots in the second half, and they end up 7-22 from the half, so you can do your own math from there. Uh they they just locked them up. So let's see here. So Fitch gets the layup up thirteen forty one, and they get one field goal. They get one field goal in the next nine minutes. 
the one field goal up to four four seventeen. Four, excuse me, four, yeah, four seventeen when Baldwin hits the two free throws. So you've got one field goal in nine minutes. You're stopping Jacksonville State. You're up fifteen points. You're nearly at the under four. There's no reason to trap there, in my opinion. Keep pressuring the ball up the floor and not letting them get into their offense because the one real hot stretch Jacksonville State had was all built about. They got up the floor quickly, they got into their offense quickly, and they went right into the paint early, and that's when they got hot. I mean, they finished the half 11 of 18 shooting after a slow start. So you, okay, so you throw the three for four in there. They were 14 for 22 in a stretch. And then, and that was in the middle of the game. And then after, and then other than that, VCU just completely tied them in knots. But there you go. You had a nearly nine minute stretch with one field goal. You try for a trap. They beat the trap, although they did almost turn it over. And Powell gets fouled, and he makes the layup, and he gets fouled. And then out of that comes a miss. A, a, the one of the time, the only time, or one of the few times tonight, where VCU just fell asleep on the backboard, and they get the offensive rebound, and then Gibbs gets hit as he shoots that three, and it goes in. And you've gone from you know. You're going to ride this out and be comfortable to it's a nine-point game again. And you're sitting there going, what the hell happened? So, I mean, that that's the thing. You've got, I, I've, I'll keep saying it, and I know I sound like a broken record, but you've got to be judicious with this trap. And to me, you've got it, it, there are certain situations where it's just not necessary. That was one of them. And that ends up creating a six-point play out of nowhere when you're cruising. But to be fair, you know they 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 made the foul shots down the stretch. Uh, they respond by making four free throws in a row. Uh, uh, right after that, and that just that just blunts the momentum for Jacksonville State, and they go on and close it from there. Um, and so that's the part. And and, and Jonathan Barty, that's right. The, the dry spells are tough. I mean, they they went without a field goal. Oh gosh, let's see here. I let me see here because they get the they get they uh, get the first field goal at eighteen twelve of the first half uh, of the second half, and I think they they their last field goal in the first half was it yeah Deloach at eight fourteen. So they they went they went over nine minutes without a field goal, spanning the end of the first half and start of the second, um, and that's that's what allowed this game to get close. But I will say this. And this, and what was good about this game was to see what that defense can do when it's not under pressure having to get a stop. Because so many times, and it's a testament to how good this defense is, that it hasn't cracked for the most part under that pressure. So many times this defense is in a situation of, we've got to get a stop because we're trailing and all this other stuff. And it was great tonight to see the, how their defense was going to look when they were ahead and the pressure was on the other team. And you saw that in the first five, six minutes of the game. Uh, they they complete. I mean, Jacksonville State was pressing, and they just could not. And, and I mean, it was like it was like trying to go up the down escalator for them. And that's what the VCU defense can do to a team when they play with a lead and when they've got confidence and when they're like, okay, you know, we're in control here. So, I mean, it's really going to be crucial the rest of this season for VCU to get their nose in front early, you know, because they haven't had good starts in nearly any of these games. Tonight they did because 
you know, yes, Jacksonville State did get back in the game, but I think there'll be plenty of nights where if VCU gets off to a start like that, then they're going to blow a team out because you just simply cannot score enough points because VCU isn't going to let you. And and look, you you think about how you think about the fact that they had that fourteen for twenty two stretch in the middle of the game, uh, six for twenty five the rest of the way. That is, and again, this is a team that's one of the best three point shooting teams in the country and is a pretty good offensive team. And VCU just 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 strangled the life out of them for all but about you know a ten minute stretch of the game. Except you know that's the thing you can't do against better teams. Now. You know what? Let's get on to it then, because since John Eckert asked about it, let's get on to it. The next game is a big one, not in terms of, you know, strength of schedule and a lot of other stuff, but it's Old Dominion. And as always, from the VCU perspective, the ODU game really comes down to this. What kind of mentality do you walk in there with? How do you, do you walk in there and understand? that for fans of this fan base and their fan base, this is arguably the biggest game of the year that's not in the postseason. This is a rivalry. It's a good rivalry. It's been a big rivalry. It usually gen- it usually generates sellout crowds in both arenas when they play and heated physical contests, and it's generated, at least in the CAA days, some absolutely memorable moments that we've all that we've all been you know been fortunate to witness to and you know VCU's had some really good teams and the one that and the game that comes to mind was in Rhodes' second year when VCU was playing really well went down there and had a seven I think had a 17 or 18 point lead in the first half and then just just self-destructed in, in an almost incomprehensible manner down there and lost. And, and you know, it, it, I would love to hear Ed Nixon talk about it a little bit, but I, I remember, it, I'm not sure it was him, but it was one of the old, one of the, one of the class of 2011 guys, you know, that say, look, you got to understand, this is bleeping serious here. You go down there, those ODU fans want blood. And, and ODU's having a tough season if you if you're in the VCU, if you're in the VCU good and the bad and the ugly group, you would have seen the net report and seen that ODU was in the two hundreds in the net. And so it's, you know, as good a season as as good a run as they've been on, it's not been that great a season so far for them. Um they did just beat William and Mary. They're on a run of state teams. They played Mason, William and Mary, they play VCU, then they play Richmond. Uh you know they they went zero for three at the at the Myrtle Beach Invitational and they got absolutely stomped by Indiana State. Goodness gracious! Um, so they they they've had a tough they they've had they've had a tough uh, they've had a tough season. So this is huge for them. It can't make their season necessarily, but it could turn their season around if they could beat VCU here. So they are going to be ready, and they and it's going to be a fight. It's going to be physical. Because that's the way the Jeff Jones Bonark teams have always been. Uh, um, you know, it's, it'll be interesting to see how the game is officiated. Because let's face it, there have been games where the refs have let a lot of stuff go, and it's been open stinking warfare <laughs> in, in that in that 
uh, in, in those games down there. And sometimes they have to call it tight so the fight doesn't break out. And, and then you get, you know, 75 whistles in a game and you want to shoot yourself watching it. So that's, that's, that's the one, that's the one element that I can't be sure of in this game is, is how is it going to be officiated? Are they going to let these guys at least play a little bit or is it going to be sort of this, you know, they're, they're going to have to call it tight because they want to make sure they, they want to make sure that, uh, that nothing untoward breaks out, but let's face it, you know, ODU's not a great offensive team, 62.9 points per game. They shoot 42% as a team. They shoot 31% as a three. I mean, VCU should be able to keep them in the 50s. But remember, Jeff Jones' teams play good defense, get after you. So this is going to be a rock fight, and that's what I really expect. This is going to be a rock fight, and and it's going to be hard to watch at times. And VCU's got to come in there with the attitude of this is a rivalry. We're taking it serious as a rivalry. We know that our fans take it serious as a rivalry. And if we don't go down here and win, they're going to be livid. Because for me, that if they have that mentality, they're going to go down there and beat ODU because they're clearly better than Old Dominion. And that's that's the truth of the matter. They are clearly a better team uh, than Old Dominion. But if they come down there... And they're like, oh, all we have to do is just turn up. Because believe me, we've seen that with VCU. We've seen VCU play them either you know, in, either here in Richmond or down there and think, well, all we have to do is roll the balls out and we're going to beat them. Oh, no. Don't be thinking like that. Do not be thinking like that at all. You know, because that's just – that is not going to cut the mustard here. It's it's gonna. I mean, and you and I love that this game, especially when we have to go down there to Norfolk and play, because it is gonna be hostile. And no disrespect to some of the A10 venues, because some of them are great. Uh, but there's few A10 to me. There's few A10 venues that, in terms of you know heat and hostility, can match a sold out ODU arena when VCU comes to town. Uh, maybe St. Bonaventure. Maybe Dayton on the road, maybe St. Louis sometimes, but you go down there and them them, them folks in the Tidewater, they they're coming for you and they are coming for blood, and that's that is the way to get. Re- and to me, that's why I love it that we play them every year because, especially when they get to go down there, because that's the way to get ready for for conference road games. That is the way to get ready for conference road games is to play games like that where the heat is on. Where the where the fans are right on your butt from minute one, and they're hollering stuff, and they're saying all kinds of things. And yeah, Bruce Stevenson, I should have included Davidson as well, uh, because that that's not that's certainly not a favorite place for VCU to play since they've come in the league, and they 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 holler and and of course every now and then Steph Curry might show up to a game like he did the one year when VCU played down there, and there's dead gum Steph Curry in the student section with the students. That was that was quite that was quite an event. But that's what games like that on the road, where it's like that. That's what you need to get ready for those conference road games, and especially you know a team like VCU that in the past has been one of the best teams in this league. They've always had a kind of a, had a target on their back, and they know that a lot of teams are going to play their very best game because it's a big win to beat VCU. So that's that's one of the other things too. So it's about mentality for for the Rams, and it's about how is the game going to be officiated. Are they going to let him play or not? Because that's that 
those are the two things that, that for me are the keys for VCU. Anyway, this is a good win tonight. Again, against a team that's going to finish high up in the Atlantic Sun and going to be a threat in that league. Uh, VCU handled themselves. Oh, a couple of things I forgot to do praise before I get out of here. Jalen Deloach, interior defense today, outstanding. I mean, that Huffman that he was up against, uh, you can't miss him. The man's a freaking tower. Um, and and he had some thump and bump to him. And Deloach's strength, I'm telling you something, the way he can stand in there, and I mean, he's got a 6'10", 240 guy banging him and trying to move him back, back. and he is strong as an ox, that Jalen Deloach. And he played some great defense, and I – and you know, Ed Nixon was talking about the, the, the double teams. I always call them sneak attacks because he was talking about how they were doubling him as soon as he would put the ball on the floor so he wouldn't see it. And I always call that the sneak attack. That's I love those double teams because the sneak attack double team, when you don't see it coming and it's a hard trap, you go right there, that's the way to do it. If you're going to potentially put yourself in trouble – by leaving a guy open, and if you're going to play ring around the rosy on the perimeter, chasing the chasing the open man, if you're going to do it, do it that way with a hard double team that can potentially cause a turnover and really hem somebody up against the against the line. Jalen Del- Deloach was tremendous tonight, and look, Hassan Ward didn't play because of the ankle injury, which I'll be honest, I did not know that at the start, so I was kind of wondering where he was. Uh, and Jalen Deloach got a lot of time tonight, and he earned that time. Uh, because defensively, I thought he was he was superb in there. And again, against a guy, not and not just him. Zelaznak was is no freaking little guy either. He's got some poundage to him. And Jalen Deloach uh, physically stood up to that challenge. He's a freshman. When he gets, I mean, he's already pretty strong as it is. You know, weight room program and all that. Jalen Deloach is going to be an absolute force. And I'll tell you something. I wouldn't want to be – some of these centers in this A-10, they're going to come out of some games in the next few years against Jalen Deloach, needing a lot of time in the old ice tub and, and maybe and maybe needing to cut man in the corner like they have in boxing because Deloach is going to put it on him tonight, put it, put it on him because he is just, just a physical beast. And I love why, and I loved, uh, I loved his game tonight, so I forgot, to, I forgot to praise him and I wanted to do that. Uh, and it was also nice, Marcus Sahonis – playing his natural spot at the two. That's where he needs to stay. I would be I, I thought that one of VCU's problems was is that I it seemed like the offense kind of kind of didn't kind of just got a little gummed up when they had none and Baldwin on the floor together. That might work itself out, but I wonder if there's going to be some thought of, you know, not not having them each helm a unit as a point guard and work that way. So uh, it'll be interesting to see how they do that going forward. Uh, Nunn played a lot of minutes tonight. He played 36 minutes tonight. So that that was uh, so that performance from him, you know, the 20 points on only eight shots, really tremendous. So, oh, and one last thing. If you want an idea of just how badly VCU locked up the leading scores, their three double-digit scores were Gibbs, Adams, and King. And without that four-point play, not a one of them would have hit double figures. Adams fouls out of the game, as I said before, and he has two points. King only played 15 minutes at two points. Each of them only took three shots. Gibbs is three for 12. So three guys that average double figures get between them 14 points. 
and are shooting five of uh, 18 from the field. Uh, just, just a fantastic defensive effort on those guys tonight. And these guards in the A-10 are not going to like it. I can't wait. I really can't wait to see some of these really good guards. And they're going to be swaggering in there, averaging 17 and 18 and thinking they're hot stuff. And then they're going to come up against Curry and Nunn and Baldwin, and they're going to like wish they were somewhere else. Because I bet you there's going to be quite a few nights when when those guys uh, just lock these, put the clamps on some of these great guards in this league. All right, so that is it for uh, Rams Rewind and the Facebook Live Show. Join the good if you want to participate and join in the comments. Uh, join VCU, the good and the bad and the ugly, uh, where I do these where I do these Facebook lives. Uh, uh, in in simulcast with podcast, uh, and thank I want to thank everybody for the comments tonight as well. Great comments in the chat. Once I actually got them working <laughs> on my phone and in the thread Saturday, I'm not working, uh, so I will. I'm going to ende- I'm going to certainly be doing a live podcast. Of course, the doggone games on Stadium. So. Let's hope we all can find a doggone stream that works, or I guess we have to I, – I don't know if we can like Stadium on Facebook and then get the games. I'm not sure how this works. How that game is not on CBS Sports Network or something like that. I guess – I mean, I guess they have better – I guess they have better basketball games or something like that. But both VCU and ODU are in leagues that are on CBS Sports Network, so you would have thought it would end up there. Instead, it's on Stadium. So we'll see how that goes, but there will be – a live pod uh, Saturday night. Don't you worry about that since I'm happily off work. Uh, uh, and so, and of course, eight o'clock, that's the other interesting thing is that's an eight o'clock start. So a little bit later. So thank you all for listening. Uh, thanks for all the comments, you know, like it, share it around, keep commenting, send us, send us emails, patronize lady Nolans. Have a good night, everybody. To submit a question for George to answer in an upcoming episode or to inquire about sponsorship opportunities for this podcast, please email ramsrewind at gmail.com. To participate in the post-game Facebook Live with George, join the Facebook group VCU Basketball Fans, The Good, The Bad, The Ugly. We'll be back after the next game, and thanks for listening to this episode of Rams Rewind.